Welcome to the Synapse Nips podcast, where we explore the power of health and healing. On this podcast, we will be talking with health experts, professionals, and leaders about hot topics in the world of health. Whether it's tools to help you flourish, successful stories to inspire, or tips to optimize your health, Synapse Nips is here to help you take the first steps towards living your best life. Good day and welcome to Synapse Snips. I'm Dr. Troy Spurl with Dr. Josh Wallert and Marquis. Uh, today we're here to discuss a pretty important topic. What is that topic? Uh, the thyroid. Yes. But so, beyond that, even more like your whole body. Yeah, a little different. We're, gonna, we're actually <laughs> yeah. going to put um, things through the filter of the thyroid and it is indeed the whole body. And, and really what we've been observing is that there's a global shutdown of people's metabolism at a cellular level. So what that means is um, it's not like typical thyroid disorders. Uh, it is a me- metabolic or a metabolism problem. So let me, let me say it this way. Have you been experiencing headaches, weight gain, fatigue, brain fog, digestive problems, uh, and inability to tolerate sugars? All of these are signs that there's a breakdown in your metabolism in some way, shape, or form. So we want to just do an overview discussion of what that might look like from a complete thyroid picture. Because what I can tell you uh, for certainty is that a number of people are coming in. They've been told their thyroid's working, but it's not actually working from beginning to end. So let's talk about that a little bit. So I just had this conversation with a patient the other day, and I bet we have this conversation daily Yes, at this point, so it's, it's a very common issue. When you think about the thyroid, there's a lot of steps along that chain that can be disrupted. Medically, a medical doctor is only going to really check one of those steps, yeah. and they're going to medicate based off of that, that part alone. Yeah, so they're really just checking, is your thyroid making thyroid hormones? That's it. If they run a TSH and a T4 or a TSH and a free T4, that's kind of all they really care about is your thyroid making hormones. If you're lucky. Sometimes you only get the TSH and the TSH comes from the pituitary gland in your brain. Yeah. So really, if you only get a TSH, they're saying, is your brain sending out a signal to your thyroid? To make it. (laughs) And that they can't even tell based on that one number. Is that level of TSH even appropriate? Yeah. So really, this is... This is probably one of the biggest mistakes or assumptions made in healthcare. Mm-hmm. And it's costing people their health. Yes. And so uh, this is probably a full day's topic, actually, but we're gonna we're just gonna touch on it here. And the the big assumption here really is that they, the doctors I'm talking about here, and this includes functional medicine practitioners too, that just treat thyroid um uh, straight up. The big assumption here is that if your thyroid is making hormone, it gets into your cells. And that's not necessarily true. And so that's why it's important to check uh, the entire cascade of the thyroid hormone and and what's called thyroid physiology. So uh, we've talked about this in the past, but uh, thyroid hormone is like a key that turns on the energy of your cell, the mitochondria of the cell. And so if it's a brain cell, then that nerve works a certain way. If it's a muscle cell, that nerve works a certain way. And so it becomes very, very important just to make sure as a starting point 
that your thyroid is working from beginning to end. And so the first thing to check would be, are you making uh, sufficient thyroid hormone from your thyroid gland? And is your brain properly communicating that to the thyroid gland? Yeah. And what does that look like from a, the biochemical uh, perspective, the hormone perspective? Which What, what lab tests generally yeah, yeah. look for that? Well, you know, you mentioned it briefly. T4. T4 is the marker. It's the thyroid hormone that's made in the thyroid predominantly. You also then have T3, which is a more active hormone, but that's not generally made in the thyroid. This is a whole other step then. You have to convert, right? Sometimes I say activate that thyroid hormone elsewhere in the body. And so you have to have the brain signaling to the thyroid. The thyroid has to have the the ingredients to make thyroid hormone. Like right? and iron yeah. and iodine. Yeah. Other and hormones even. Other yeah. hormones and B vitamins. So people who have anemia, guess what? Eventually, that's going to affect your thyroid hormone. Yeah. You also need to protect the thyroid as it's doing the job of making hormone. That's glutathione antioxidants yes because your thyroid is like a little furnace that thing puts off a lot of exhaust and you need to be able to clean that up that's a big source of autoimmunity yeah it is and so that is that'll be like a true thyroiditis basically inflammatory thyroid mm -hmm. that uh, that messes up with your entire uh, metabolism these are the people that will see start to gain weight after not changing their diet and and um, again it'll be missed if you're just running a tsh and uh, a t3 or T4, sorry, um, if you're not looking at antibodies uh, for yeah. the thyroid. Yeah, the TPO and thyroglobulin antibodies. Yeah, that's commonly missed. People don't know that the majority of hypothyroid, true hypothyroid, is autoimmune. Yes. And then uh, after the thyroid makes its thyroid gland, let's just talk about that a little bit. So they have to be transported from the thyroid to all the cells of the body. So we have these proteins called uh, transport binding globulins. And different proteins will actually transport. Even albumin and other proteins in the blood uh, will then take it to the cells. Now, that can be problematic if you can't transport things properly. So we do see this with inflammatory um, blood issues, clotting disorders, um, even things since COVID. Infections will actually start to impact the, the deliverance of those proteins if you have a problem uh, consuming, eating, digesting, and breaking down proteins called hypochloridia in the stomach, you could end up with decreased amounts of proteins. Uh, same with our vegans and vegetarians when they don't get enough protein in their diet. We can start to see an anemia-based scenario, but uh, a decrease in these proteins as well. So uh, we want to make sure that the, the thyroid hormone is being transported properly. Mm -hmm. And then this is where it gets really... Um, I think cool. I was going to say funky, but so <laughs> funky cool. If you're into like cell biology and everything, once it gets to the outside of the cell, that's when uh, all the action occurs. Yeah. So there are receptors on the outside of the cell and they have to, it's like a door. So a door gets opened and this is where the mistake is made. About 15 years ago is when it became pretty obvious that um, this action to get the thyroid hormone from outside the cell to inside the cell requires energy. It's an active process. It's not passive diffusion. And that's where the doctors uh, have made a mistake because they're still assuming that it's a passive diffusion to get into the cell. And that's not true. So it requires energy. And so that energy um, is something that requires thyroid hormone to make. <laughs> so it becomes a catch-22. Yeah. 
And I want to say it this way. The receptors on the outside of the cells become less efficient when that cell has undergone some level of stress. Mental stress, the cell stiffens. When the cell stiffens, you can't actually have things bind properly. It's kind of like uh, if you're trying to open the door to the clinic here, the outside door, and it's stuck and is jammed. You, it takes a little bit more effort to actually get into that door. Or a key that doesn't go in the lock properly, you have to jiggle it and stuff to get in. That's the same thing when you have a stiffened membrane, the thyroid hormone can't get into the cell. Inflammation, uh, acidity in and around the cell can actually influence that stiffening, along with infections that are on the outside of the cell and on the inside. So what types of things can infect the inside of our cells? <laughs> My favorite ones. <laughs> yeah. Well, viruses can. Yep. Right? It's not uncommon for people to have Epstein-Barr virus, herpes viruses, things that will lie dormant. Well, you know, quote, unquote, dormant. But be inside cells. You have kind of the Lyme family of things yep. with Babesia and Lyme and Bartonella. Those can be intracellular and cause problems. We see that a lot. Yes. Unidentified. Yeah. And, you know, COVID, too. COVID likes to go inside yep. cells. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. So basically, that's kind of like a thief that got into your door and I was just hiding out inside the, 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 the clinic or in, indoors. So once the actual thyroid hormone, though, gets inside, then it's got to get past this thief if it's there. It's got to get past these internal infections, number one, and it's got to bind to the outside of the nucleus to another receptor. And same scenario, if the, if the environment around that receptor is altered with the pH or it's acidic or there's inflammation inside the cell... Uh, then it will have a hard time binding that. Also, there are different enzymes uh, at both of these stages that can kind of block that process. Deodinase enzymes are what, they, what they're called. And uh, some can activate the process, some can block the process. And, and these enzymes are like security guards that let you in, the right things in, and will block the bad things from getting in. So those security guards or those deodinase enzymes are dependent on different minerals. And so it's very important that we have the, the magnesium, the, the selenium, um, uh, as, and zinc in proper ratios there for these uh, um, security guards. And as Dr. Josh was saying, glutathione helps protect the, the security, guard, security guards as well. So if they're able to get into the nucleus, which will be then, say, get into one of our office doors into our actual office, then you're in the, the area where the mitochondria is. And, and a lot of people have um, heard about mitochondria in, in school. They called it the powerhouse of the cell. But it actually does a lot more than that. It actually is also senses power. So as it actually is, if, if your cell is putting out power, it will kind of regulate that if it's too much or if there's an increased requirement needed. And uh, one of my favorite books called The Thyroid, Thyroid Debacle, uh, he, had, he had a great illustration in there uh, where he talked about if you open a, a fridge door, if it's left open too long, then the uh, sensors will start kicking in the coolant to cool it down again until that door is closed. And it's kind of the same thing. Our mitochondria is in charge of that. And then our mitochondria also uh, will release a, a defense mechanism uh, to to help kill off any danger. So if there's a danger response or a cellular response, you'll actually release something called ROS or reactive oxidative species to, to kind of try and kill the threat, if you will, which is good in the beginning, but that stiffens the arteries or the arteries, uh, the cells, 
And then it makes it basically uh, less likely for that cell to perform its uh, function. It makes sense if you're sick so you can recover. The problem is if that's happening chronically, then we get into this situation where we run into some trouble. So to activate the cells, you've got to recover. And if you get the thyroid all the way there, uh, what are some of the things that are needed by the mitochondria to, to make some energy? Yeah. Calories. Calories. This is a big topic because we see a lot of people who can't tolerate eating many calories in a chronic health situation. Yeah. We need to get people to the spot where they can actually metabolize food and use that for energy. Otherwise, otherwise the mitochondria just has no raw materials. Yeah. And probably the most important is oxygen. If we don't have oxygen, we don't don't live. You have to eat and you have to breathe. (laughs) Yes. And you have to drink water. (laughs) Yeah. And just one molecule of oxygen and glucose can make 36 ATP. So that's, that's, that's a lot of energy, but here's one of the challenges. What if you have an intracellular infection and one one molecule of glucose is great to make the energy, but what does the, what do these infections feed off of parasites and bacteria in particular? Sugar. Sugar. So as you're eating, it can actually uh, feed the infection that you're trying to get rid of if it's not quite right. So there is a process um, called autophagy, which we've also spoken about in the past that uh, can help offset this a little bit. Um, but uh, what are some of the ways that we can induce autophagy, which basically means cell eating? It starts to eating itself, um, the old and dead dying cells. So uh, don't think of it that in a gross way. It's, it's basically yeah, like living in a forest and you're eating the fibrous trees and the root vegetables and stuff like that um, to, to survive. It actually can sustain things. And it actually will start to also um, take out some of the infections too so how do we induce autophagy or some ways yeah the best way is fasting and that's the the most potent way not everybody can tolerate fasting and so there's other variations of that you can mimic fasting there's certain dietary types that'll mimic fasting ketosis and ketogenic style diets can mimic that as well yeah and there's nutrients that will that will trigger some of that pathway too resveratrol curcumin some of these more antioxidant related supplements and nutrients can also kick that clean cleanup system and sleep yes <laughs> sleep is the other one yeah. so yeah that's exactly right so that 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 can help kind of jumpstart uh the inside of the cell the health of the inside of the cell the the third thing that mitochondria does so it's the powerhouse of the cell it's the sensor of the cell for energy input and output and then it's the cell defender it will release that cell cellular defense when it releases that then you get the die-off and and the old bits and parts uh, kicked out of the cell and into the lymph system so then that lymph system which means it's greek for fast flowing river or waters takes all that back to the liver and then out through the bowels so if you ever have problems with your lymph problems with your bowels or problem with the liver you can get this backup. So what's your system going to do? It's not going to dump it out there if it's backed up already because it piles up and then eventually backs up into the cell, creating an environment that is acidic and inflammatory around the cell, which will stiffen the cell, not allowing the thyroid in. So what does it look like for you guys? It means I'm eating right, I'm exercising, and I'm gaining weight. I'm eating right, I'm exercising, and I have headaches. I'm eating right, I'm exercising, and I... uh, have brain fog like I've never had before. It's basically, there's a breakdown in one of those areas when it comes from the making of the thyroid to the cell, to the detoxification and elimination. Mm-hmm. Now, most people actually aren't doing it right. 
as far as uh, the eating and exercising, because in this stage, if you overexercise, your lymph system gets congested. So you've got to exercise appropriately. And if you're not getting rid of the infection inside the cells, you never will circumvent this whole process. So there's a bit of an art to it um, when it comes to actually navigating this process. This is why looking at thyroid labs and only doing, on one side of the spectrum, only doing medication, right? You're not fixing any of the other stuff downstream. You're only giving a medication to try to just artificially raise the blood level of, yes. of hormone, but yeah. that's not fixing the result. Sometimes it can make it worse. Yeah. And a lot of times it does. So by just putting the hormone in there, you may actually get a temporary boost because you have more supply for the demand and more hormone can get into the cell. But then eventually what happens? The dose isn't right. Mm-hmm. And so people have to go up or their labs look good, but they still feel awful. If their labs look better and the doctor says, oh, your hypothyroid is fixed, but you feel just as bad, yeah. you're missing the end stage part of that thyroid. Yeah. And, and this is one of the reasons why with our programs that we do at Synapse, we have to address all those factors at once. Your diet, your exercise, the lifestyle, sleeping, um, uh, stress, chemical and environmental stress, infections, just by addressing all of those areas at the same time, you can reestablish that cycle and get your system jumpstarted again. It's kind of like those old crank up cars in the front. You had to get the <laughs> cranking up and eventually once it fires, you're good. That was your first car. Right? That, that was, was my first car. Yeah. You got to go in there. <laughs> <laughs> still drive it. Those reliable, <laughs> reliable things just doesn't have Bluetooth. <laughs> so that really that's what we're looking at as far as, uh, um, from beginning to end, if you can get that thyroid pathway there, and then you have still have to clean up the internal environment as far as what's working, what's not working. But I really want people to, to really focus in on the basics of the sleep, the stress management, because even mental stress will cause in, an inflammatory reaction and a stiffening of our membranes in the cells. And uh, it can be quite a challenge. We, we run a test here, uh, two tests actually, that can give us some clues as to how your cells are are doing that way. One's the endopad, that's our cardiovascular stiffness. Um, and then our BIA, a bioimpedance analysis. We can actually start to see a breakdown of the cells spilling into the lymph, lymph congestion or excess. And when you start losing muscle mass and gaining fat mass, there is a metabolic switch that has occurred. And you've got to find out what it is, some level of mental, chemical, physical stress or infection. Yeah. I just had that with a patient of mine that came in from out of the country, actually, came in with uh, some post-COVID issues, and we started to do detoxification. Yeah. The BIA, within two days, showed it, I think it was a six, eight-pound increase in fat. Yeah. Now, you don't actually gain that much fat. No. But that's a sign that, all right, we're able to push stuff out, but then there's a breakdown somewhere in that detoxification chain. Yeah, not able to get it out. And yeah. so, and really what the BIA is picking up on is that the water is shifting into the fat because there's a there's a backup in the lymph through the liver process through the bowels. Yep. So this is why it becomes very, very important. And, and some of the other keys here is um, we start to see, uh, this, is, this is something that is, is very important. Magnesium is one of those key minerals that's needed to make thyroid hormone. It's also one of those key minerals that help the thyroid hormone get into the cell. It's also one of the key minerals that goes away with stress. Uh, magnesium is very high in things like dark chocolate or chocolate. And what is the number one thing women in particular crave with stress? 
chocolate. I ask this at every, we, we do a mindset class here uh, as part of our programs. And I ask this question every single time at the mindset class, what's the number one thing women crave? And the women, the guys, they all say the exact same thing. Chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. When I ask what's the number one thing guys crave, I, we don't always get the, the, the right answer <laughs> because the number one thing guys crave when they're under stress is alcohol. Mm-hmm. Alcohol cravings are a sign of uh, it, alcohol for men is women's chocolate. Yeah. If uh, men don't drink, then it's bread is the number one. Yeah, the carbs. Uh, the yeah. carbs, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sugar is that way. So uh, we get a good sense uh, of the physiology. And one of the biggest challenges that we're seeing right now, and I don't know if it's because of the stress of the world or the stress of the new introduction as far as what COVID brought to the game, Um but we're seeing more and more metabolic inactivity. Back 20 years ago, or back when I had my crank up car, <laughs> even way before that, we used to just change, we used to pull dairy out and people would enough. like respond. It'd be mm-hmm. enough. Yeah. Now you pull dairy out and you get like 2% gain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's so much more than that right now. We have completely compromised some key systems like your liver's ability to detox the lymph system properly. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we know that does that is glyphosate or Roundup. We've talked about that on previous podcasts, but we're being exposed to a lot of things that are compromising the areas of our body that help us detox. And so we have to continue to help that. It, it It is the number one reason why our clinic even exists because of the pure volume of people who are struggling and suffering. And when you get the liver, um, not detoxifying fully, and what are some of the things that, that make the liver sluggish to detoxify? Alcohol, medications, sugar, yeah. sugar yeah. caffeine. By the way, coffee also <laughs> depletes magnesium. Alcohol and coffee deplete magnesium. So what do, what do we do in America? <laughs> wake, wake up with yeah. coffee and go to sleep with alcohol. <laughs> and what you're doing is depleting the mineral that helps you with the metabolism the whole time too. Yeah. I actually told somebody this the other day. I have never once with our, so we do a red blood cell magnesium test. I've never seen anybody high, like lab high. Have you ever seen no. a lab high magnesium? No. And I, I've had people on three to 4,000 milligrams of magnesium. Yeah. And if you're listening, don't, don't just start at three or 4,000 milligrams that you'll have <laughs> diarrhea in, in less than six hours. But, um, one of my, Unless you need that. Mentor, unless you, yeah, unless you need that. But one of my mentors, um, he's, he's, uh, now passed, but, uh, for, he, he trained Olympic athletes and he worked with a lot of the elite people around the world. And he'd have people on three to four thousand milligrams of magnesium to hit the gains that they needed. Wow. And when he was saying this, I want you to keep in mind the accepted level of magnesium was three to four hundred milligrams. Yeah. That was the accepted level for us crazies who were doing high dose magnesium. Yeah. And then he comes out and says, no, I use 10, th- 10 times that. Yeah. It, it blew us away and we didn't think that was right. And now it's proven to be right. And now we know why. Magnesium is needed in over uh, 400 different enzyme interactions within the body. And so it's a, it gets depleted so, so easily. But again, that has to be balanced with calcium and there, there's an art or a method to the madness, so to speak. So... Uh, magnesium is very, very crucial. And I'm going to just pull one other aha from the uh, thyroid debacle book. And I'm going to give a shout out to the authors, uh, 
Dr. Eric uh, Belkovich and Dr. Kelly Halderman. Uh, it's, it's literally my, my favorite book on thyroid, which replaced Dr. Kreisian's book on thyroid from about 12 years ago because his was uh, a game changer. But uh, they, they spoke about the difference between vitamin D and active vitamin D and inactive. And we don't test really both forms because you figure the inactive form, if you've got that, you're going to get the active yeah. form and you'll know where you're at. But guess what is involved with that conversion process? Magnesium. I was going to say thyroid or magnesium. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but, and so that, and that can really influence the intracellular part uh, health as well in the mitochondria. And the mitochondria is, is really key to the recovery for, for most, uh, most people. And you don't necessarily have to have mitochondrial dysfunction to have all these symptoms, but you're, you're going to, for the chronic people, definitely have some level of mitochondria issues. So we just wanted to come, uh, come today and kind of walk things through the filter of the thyroid physiology from beginning to end. And we are seeing so much of this and there's so many things you can do, but what used to take 20 days to lose weight is now taking two, three months. And so I want people to hear that because you have to hang in there, be consistent and uh, all the patients that we're working with uh, with our programs um, is taking a little longer to get them where they need to be because of the, these complexities that have arisen mm-hmm. because of our diet lifestyle, the environmental issues as far as uh, the, that impact our liver and so on. So uh, we're putting it together. We'll be pu- doing some lectures as well so you guys can get some good visuals. I'm actively working on that, but I wanted to get it out in podcast form first. Perfect. So thank you for your time and uh, God bless. Thank you for listening to the Synapse Nips podcast. If you like what you heard, subscribe to the podcast and share the podcast. To learn more, check out our website at www.officialsynapse.com. Until next time, this has been Synapse Nips podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. This podcast is for information purposes only and should under no circumstances be considered medical advice or a substitute for medical care. Any information given in this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease and is at the user's own risk. Please first consult a licensed healthcare professional.